friends, it's us. I am Steph Beagle. And I'm Lauren Abney. And this is Well Behaved. We believe balance is a bit overplayed and way overrated. We've embraced finding our perfect blend of wellness with a twist of tequila. This podcast delivers wellness remixed from face slapping facials to the ABCs of CBD. Living your best life and finding what's right for you is what it's all about. Let's do this. What I love about this episode is everything. Oh, that's cute. I just think, I just, I'm like, so we're so into spirituality, astrology. Any of these humans that we can bring in, I love. And then I like claim that they're my friends. I talk about them around town. I'll be like, oh yeah, don't worry. I have an astrologer. Totally. Um, Well, we do have an astrologer and Lauren O'Connell is magical. I love that she talks about taking the eye rolls out of astrology because like I do think so many people have an aversion to the practice and the science of it. Well, she didn't walk in here with like an old cape and like her hair to her butt and carrying 45 crystals. She did not. Well, what was your favorite part about this episode? I just told you mine was the entire thing, but. Oh, okay. Call that cheating. But I would say that my favorite part was thinking about new moons and full moons. So obviously there's lots of practices around full moons, but what she talked about is that when it's a full moon, the moon starts to get smaller after that. So you can think about what you remove from your life or things that maybe should be taken away that aren't serving you. And then when it's a new moon, so like the little sliver of a moon where you like, like, where's the, where's the moon? <laughs> On that, you want to, it's going to start building. So like, what do you want to bring into your life? So and cool. that is just two times a month where you can look at a moon and have this like short practice of what's serving you and not serving you. And I've been doing that. Not every time, but totally. like when I'm reminded and I was in a car with my friends in Kansas last week and it was full moon on a Saturday. And I was like, okay, everyone take a minute. It's It seems like like an easy digestible practice, right? Like so many of these things are such like big life changes. To your point, those are just little kind of awareness that you can bring into your life and it can make small changes. It's a check. It's a check. Mine, outside of the whole thing, was so I had done a human design reading with her. Thank you so much to you and some of our best, mm, our best for giving. I know it was a great gift. And it was just special because I really connected with that kind of learning of you know what you who you were born to be and figuring out who your true self was and tapping into that to just like live in your truth and i just i'm excited for everyone to learn more about that and i really hope people take the time you know there's a free online website that she talks about that you can go figure out what your human design is so it doesn't have to cost money if you want to spend time with the magical lauren we suggest it as well so getting astro curious with lauren let's do it here we go here we go We are so thrilled to have the magical Lauren O'Connell here today, aka the modern astrologer. It's like the coolest name ever. It's a bomb name, right? Thank you. What do we, like? Let's come up with names like that for ourselves, but different. Okay, mine would be like a, the contemporary cool cat. Okay, Ooh. well, I don't have one, so <laughs> you can name me. Okay. Name oh, I think you're the sexy services diva. Okay, that's not bad. So we have two Laurens here today. Your approach is to bring a fresh, less woo-woo twist to the overwhelming, complex, and extremely layered world of astrology, right? Like, it's not one-dimensional. So many layers. Still to this day, I learn new things. Which I love. And so clearly, we're excited to learn more. I know, like, 
2%, I think, <laughs> right? But learning and excited about it. You call our birth chart the best self-awareness tool and a blueprint of our life, which is like my absolute fave. And I had the amazing opportunity. Actually, three of my best girlfriends, including Lauren, got me a human design reading for my birthday. Listen up. Great gifting opportunity. It's an amazing. Yeah. Lauren's like, yes, it's a great (laughs) gifting opportunity. But you do a variety of readings from birth chart to human design to astrology. There's so many different types of things that you do. We can talk about those. But I was absolutely blown away with my specific human design reading. I had done a ton in the past, but that one was, I felt it was really actionable and enlightening about just like my core and who I am as a human. And it's okay to be who I'm supposed to be. So can't can't wait to talk about that. You host new and full moon ceremonies. There's so much shit here, workshops and so much more. But the coolest is that you have, you give us awareness to help navigate the spiritual world. And I am ever so grateful for that. So I can't wait to dig in with you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Are you excited? Can you tell I'm a man, Jen? I have five different things going in on my business. A hundred percent. I can't wait to tell our friends what a man, Jen is because I'm also one and so is. I am as well, but a man, Jen is like kind of a really alpha and masculine sounding name. Uh It's just such a big word. Manifesting generator. After you do a million readings, you're just like man, Jen. Yo, girl, you just a man, Jen. You're just a man, Jen. But it is. It is super alpha, but I still, let's take it. So we love that you say taking the eye rolls out of astrology, but how the fuck did you get into this world? Oh my gosh. Some people assume that I've been doing it my whole life. And it was kind of funny speaking of masculine man, Jen. I was much more in my masculine. I did like sports, improv comedy, all these things. It really came to me during my Saturn return, which for the listeners that aren't aware of what that is, it's a time in our lives between like 28 and 30, typically, that you really wake up to your purpose. And my grandmother on my dad's side was very kind of hilariously woo-woo, did palm readings, astrology charts. She had a crystal ball, handwriting analysis. But I grew up very close to the other side of my family, which was extremely Catholic. And it wasn't until I kind of gave myself permission to go down this rabbit hole of self-awareness that I became obsessed with astrology. And I kind of hid it for a while because all my friends thought it was a little strange. But then the minute I owned it, this world opened up. It's such a small world in Chicago, by the way, of all these spiritual people. We're all connected. And ever since I've been kind of obsessing over any new spiritual tool that I can get my hands on, but astrology has stayed my favorite. There's so much to it. And I've been living and breathing it for like six years now. Is astrology intuitive? Like, are you, is that a gift that people are born with and that you cultivate? Or is astrology more about knowing like it's science. learned, yeah. it's like educated. Which one is it? I've never actually considered that. It's a great question because it's both. I always tell people, um, well, I think naturally I have a lot of intuitive abilities. It's in my chart, it's in my lineage. So it's like ancestral passed down stuff. But I equate it to learning the guitar. I wanted to play guitar because that's cool, right? I don't have the patience or the natural ability to understand music. So I didn't stick with it. Astrology, you have to have an obsession over learning it because there's so much to learn. So I always say learn it through and through, and then you have to let intuition come through. So about half of my readings these days are just like intuitive, but the chart, excuse this (laughs) 
lingo, but I call it like the condom. It's like, it makes people feel comfortable, but I'm really just kind of psychically in tuned to you and your energy. But the chart, absolutely, I have a logical brain. So it kind of validates the intuitive messages coming through. And I'm like, oh, I can point to it for you. I can show you why I'm saying this. And it just makes people feel more comfortable. It makes so much sense. And it's funny because I think for friends who are, you know, tiptoeing their way into this world, astrology to me versus, and, and we do all the things, right? Like we are seekers. I love clairvoyance. I love mediums. We love all the things. But astrology always felt more science-based, mm-hmm. right? And like more rooted in, it's like nice that you can visually see, well, like this is my numbers. And I was born at this time, you know, on this day. Yes. Like it's it's just different in that way. And it feels a little less woo to me. Personally, oh, totally. Oh, 100%. Right? Yeah. So with that, and this is like, we can't wait to dig into this piece because this literally until I got this present, I didn't know the difference at all. Oh, yeah. But can you explain to our friends top line and then we can dig in deep mm-hmm. between when we say astrology, is that the umbrella or is astrology versus human design? Like, how do we look at those differently? So astrology, gosh, it, it your birth chart, which never changes, that is kind of like, like we mentioned in the beginning, your blueprint. It is all of your qualities, all your highest possibilities are seen in the chart, the type of work you should be in, type of partner you should be with, the way that you communicate, the way you love. I always call things high vibe or low vibe. We can have the low vibe qualities of all of our placements, but we can always be working towards high vibe. We're always evolving, but our chart doesn't change. And then what's happening in the sky is called a transit that's always impacting our chart, That's really interesting to follow. Um, We'll touch on the moon cycles, which is the easiest to understand transit wise. And so astrology in a nutshell is everything you came to be, your potential in all areas, you through and through self-awareness to the core. Human design has astrology within it, but it is very much, I call it like your how-to guide, how to live your life the best and most efficiently. It feels a little more logical as far as readings goes, because it's like, okay, here's how you operate. Here's how you can change and shift in little ways to make a bigger impact. And I always say, if you're living your human design, things are easier, more fast. You have more energy, more successful. And so we kind of take, once you have full self-awareness or you're more interested in like, how can I be the most successful? Then we go to human design is kind of like, okay, here's how you operate. It's not typically how we are operating. So there is a lot of learning to do and re-correcting and deconditioning, all of those kind of words to let yourself basically live the way that you were intended to with your unique energy. So that's the difference. They're, They're very connected. I learned human design very easily and quickly because of my knowledge of astrology. But yeah, I, t- I tend to think human design is more of like, here's what you can do, actionable steps immediately. That is wild. So I've um, never had a, a formal human design reading, but I've gone online and seen that I'm also a manifest gen, man gen like the rest <laughs> of this crew in here, because, you know, that's what all the kids are doing. And there's, uh, from what I understand, people, there, are there five? There's five types. There's five. And then there's percentages, like, 30% of people may be manifest generators. And then there's somewhere only like 1% of people yes. are. And what I liked when I was learning about this is that by knowing which one of those five categories you found fell into, you not only get an idea of yourself and your personality, but how to leverage your time. What's okay. It's almost like it's a, it's not a rule book, but it's almost like enforcing who you know you are intrinsically. Yeah. Um, so it's for example, you permission. 
we like to do things. You know, we're doers. We like to be empowered. We like to be mission driven. My sister um, is just this like beautiful spirit. But if she had to work more than four hours a day, she is exhausted. Is like, she a projector? It, yes. Yeah. It is. That is. She shouldn't. And she's not made or meant to work that way. So her learning that empowered her to know that that's okay. Totally. And I think a lot of people are operating in comparison, right? And so say a projector is trying to live up to us, man, gen way of going about life. It's like, you're going to be burnt out. Mm. So yeah. So what are the five? So we've got generators, manifesting generators, manifestors, projectors, and reflectors. And a little bit about each. Okay, so we've got generators. This is the majority of the population. Nobody is better or less than, by the way. There's no bad types. Um, Generators, I call like the passionate glittery ones. When they're doing things that they love, they're magnetic. They're lit up with life. They give other people energy and passion. And they really kind of have this great ability to follow through long term. Think of little Energizer bunnies types. But if they're not doing things that they love, they will be drained and kind of irritable. Um, But they offer us just, I don't know, when you're around a generator that's in their flow, they're so sparkly. Manifesting generators, which us us three are. (laughs) Hashtag mangens. Um, We are similar to generators, passionate, glittery, all the things. But we tend to be, I call us the multi-hyphenates. We can be a little more scattered and be like, ooh, squirrel, like I want to do that. Um, And there's this ability to live like a generator, but then skip steps. We don't have to follow through all the time. I always tell my man gens, like if you pick up a book and don't finish it, who gives a fuck? Like that's not your energy. If you start something passionate with passion and you lose passion, pivot. You have to pivot. Yeah. Whereas generators are a little bit better at following through. Us mangens need many things going on, or we can skip ahead and manifest through. Um, both mangens and generators need to operate similarly, which is through response. And this doesn't mean you just sit around with your hands under your ass waiting, but it does mean everything should be inspired outside of your own mind, which is kind of a relief, right? It's like, I don't have to come up with what's next. I have to be open. I have to trust the universe, God, whatever your beliefs are. That something will reveal itself, whether it's through a conversation, through a commercial, through a podcast, through a book, that you will then know what to move forward with next. I think I've been sitting in this place where you're like, what do I want to do? What is my mission? But I have some sort of faith that it will come to me. Like, I don't need to search for it. And so then hearing, because I'm a man, Jen, and that uh, knowing that the universe will support me in that way, once again, I feel confirmed. Totally. And I think we all get taught, you know, make things happen, follow through, stick to something, you know, and that, this is what I love about human design is, Maybe that's not how you should operate. If you're enforcing or initiating mode, it's usually out of alignment for a generator or a man gen. You're going to move fast and easy. I I like to give this visual for us. Imagine a lioness. Why go out hunting for four hours, expending time and energy, right? And you may not have success or you may. When instead you can kind of sit and wait, see what crosses your path, immediately attack it. You've conserved all your time and energy and had immediate success. And that's how we should operate. Like, and once you are starting to operate this way, 
you're no longer waiting to respond. You're just in response mode and going for it. It's wild because that was one of, you know, again, when I was telling my friends about my experience after, you know, it's funny when you repeat it back because it was like, you didn't tell me anything I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Not in a bad way. No, you right? Um, But it was interesting because you reminded me what alignment looks like for me and like living in my truth. And but one of the things I'm working on is you you mentioned like, look, like, let the signs tell you. And that is as a doer and as someone who likes to have control like I wasn't waiting for those signs, right? I was often just like going. So I've been, it's, you know, it's a practice. So I've been totally practicing that. Um, another thing you were like, you are someone whose gut should be trusted. And I was like, thank God, because I've been trusting it for 37 years, right? Which is amazing. So, no, but Not everybody can do right. that. Yeah. And I, we'll, we'll move on to the other three, four and five. But, you know, I think it's, it was so magical to just reconnect with myself and understand that my essence, who I was born to be who I was made to be, you know, is okay. And then those small areas, I think that I need to like work on and flex and it's a muscle like the, you know, receiving the signs. And so I just, I think that's one of the coolest people are like, why does it matter to know? I think that's one of the coolest things is like there is action in it. And there's also just this, you know, finding resonance in finding and understanding and reconfirming and validating your alignment, which is Magical. Totally. And you can track back in your lives, all the generators and manjuns listening. When things were fast and easy for you, I guarantee it either kind of fell in your lap or you were in the right place, right time, you trusted your instincts. Manjuns and generators are very instinctual. The sacral is defined and that is gut instinct. So um, just this is for every type. We all get taught, go into your head, think about it, weigh out the pros and cons. That is not how we should operate. We should absolutely be trusting an intuition. And in human design, there's three different kinds, which we can talk about briefly. But um, when we go into the logic, we can easily talk ourselves in and out of things that are correct for us. And so the logic in the mind is a beautiful place to plan, organize. I mean, it's get creative. That's what we use it for. Otherwise, we can overthink, have anxiety, overstress. But that gut won't, won't lead us astray but it takes practice. Okay. So, um, the other types, we have a projector, which, um, the other three types are what we call non-energy beings, the generators and man gens. We are responsible for gifting these other three energy because we have the sacral defined. Okay. That is the energy source in human design for passion, vitality, all of that. So the other three types, projectors, reflectors, and manifestors do not have the sacral defined, meaning they need to expand ours. So anywhere you aren't defined, you're taking in energy and you're magnifying it. So these people might seem a little bit more energized than us, but we have the follow through. We have the consistency with energy. We don't need to borrow it from others. So projectors are the first non-energy beings we'll talk about, and they are the mentors, the teachers, the guides of the world. They see so clearly the potential of people and things and projects around them. And they're so beautiful at helping people get to their potential, guide them that way. Um, But I see a lot of projectors trying to live like generators and just really frustrated. And, you know, they're meant to be recognized for their skills. They're meant to be successful. And the best way that they can be successful is trust the timing of things and really wait for them to be noticed. Notice your skills and then you will shine. If you try to force anything 
poor projectors get really, really pissed off and disappointed. Um, but the beauty of the projectors, I always say it's what they see, not so much what they do. Where, you know, their brilliance, that's why you mentioned like the four hour kind of work day, is projectors don't feel bad if you have to take a nap. Don't feel bad if you need to delegate a lot of these tasks because your brilliance is what you see and then let everybody else do it for you. Manifestors, these are kind of the trailblazers in human design. They are the ones out of the five that are supposed to initiate and not give an F what people think about them. I also see a lot of lady manifestors living not in flow because of this world we live in is like, make people enjoy you, be a people pleaser. You know, we want to be liked. That's human nature. But they are supposed to go through life not giving an F and the right people will get on their train and the others will float away. And so it's like a nice little, what do we call that? Like it fears people that are not supposed to be with us off of our course, which is beautiful. They are really powerful, um, but they need to learn to delegate. These are the brilliant ones that can come up with a, like businesses, push it through, but they need people on their team to help follow through. And then reflectors are the beautiful unicorns. It's only 1% of the population. Um, I've met like 10 at this point and they're all extremely different. So we can't really lump them into one thing other than they are the mirrors for us. Out of all the nine shapes in the human design chart, they are all white, meaning they are taking in energy everywhere, magnifying it, constantly in the state of reawakening. And so the beauty of them is to wake up every day and be like, what am I going to experience today? Because they're not very consistent. They're not meant to be. They need to really take time, wait like a lunar cycle. They're not going to be as fast and efficient as we are, but they're kind of these magical. They'll show us through what's ailing them or what's what are they doing in life that they're a mirror to society. So do you feel or do you see uh, reflectors show up as healers and manifestors show up as CEOs and founders? Is there anything to be said for, you know, stereotypes in that sense? Yeah, there's definitely stereotypes. And it's funny, like reflectors are beautiful healers, but they have to be very good at protecting their energy. So some of them wouldn't be able to handle it, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. And they totally need to like eat clean, be a little bit more, um, but they, since they magnify everywhere, some of them are like living just like us, like wildly overdoing it. Um, but I tend to see man gens be more of the, it's funny. I don't know about you guys, but a lot of our friends are probably generators and manifesting generators just because we operate quickly and swiftly and then we just surround ourselves with those types of people. Um, projectors might roll with other projectors. That's what I see in my community, at least. I mean, it's probably good to surround yourself with all the different yes. types to find more balance. Mm-hmm. But in flow, like I can understand, I can relate to her so much because we flow the same way. Yes. And our expectation for what somebody gives back to us is what we we think we're doing our best. So we right. expect people to give back that same type of energy, although it might need, might not be what their value is, might not be what their gift, might not be what's in alignment with them. Which is so important to know people around you's type. Like my assistant's a projector, very open. And I always tell her, I was like, because I'll do things 10 times faster. So I'm like, sorry, <laughs> I'm already done with that. But the beauty of her, I tell her when I develop this course I'm making, she's going to see it so beautifully. She's going to know what people want. And that's her strength. And so, 
you know, just knowing, surrounding yourself with, with different people, different skills. People can have a reading. Yeah. And hang out with you or go to some of your events. But are there online tools that folks can be accessing? And and will those tools help them understand how to use their energy? Absolutely. So there's quite a few free human design chart tools. I love mybodygraph.com. And just by pulling that, you can see your big three, which is your type, strategy, and authority. And honestly, strategy and authority are the hardest because you have to practice it and unlearn a lot. And so start there, you guys. Then deep dive into the other things listed, like your profile, the open centers, the channels, the gates. I mean, we can get really in depth, but mybodygraph.com. Jenna Zoe is a human design like guru, and she has an app that I highly recommend because when if you like to listen or if you're visual or you like to read, she's got it all covered. Cool. And so our friends know what type of information are they giving? They're giving the time they were born, you know, what? Oh, yes. So similar to astrology birth charts, we need to know your time of birth, place of birth and date of birth. Human design, lucky enough, is not so like with a birth chart, you need to know very clearly your time. Totally. But with human design, definitely go in there. If you're somebody that's not sure of your time, plug in a bunch of different times and see what changes probably won't change. Oh, okay. So that's nice. Or text your mom. Every time somebody's like, oh, I don't know what time I'm born. I'm like, how is that possible? Totally. 10, 10 p.m., folks. But 4 p.m. on the dot. Um, it is funny. Well, A, it's great because then you say hi to your mom and you reconnect. Uh-huh, yeah, it's wonderful. She likes that. But it's and always, then you have to explain why you you're explain asking. Why. That's always the funniest. <laughs> and like the craziest is I probably, of the six readings I've had, I probably the first three times asked. And she was like, why, why, you, why yeah. are you getting another What's reading? Your, yeah, exactly. What's your problem? And then she wants to do one. So it's really great. But yes, it's good and to birth know. birth certificates. Birth certificates, yeah. A lot of people have that on their birth certificate. Correct. So so that's a good start. Which your mom probably also has. Too. Right. <laughs> <laughs> this, the human design part is so interesting to me. Um, there is one thing that you mentioned, and I want to talk to it quickly because I think we really believe in the power of intuition and um, trusting your gut. You said that there were three different. Oh, yeah. So there's um, the three main ones, I'd say make up 95% of the charts of the different authorities. It's what's human design calls authority, but basically it's like your decision-making skill. And there are others, but just to make this more tangible for everyone, there's emotional authority, sacral authority, and splenic authority. And these are kind of easily understood as three different types of intuition. So if you're an emotional authority, you really want to trust in your emotional pull on things. Take a couple days, feel through what's called the emotional wave. And so say you're an emotional authority and you get an, an opportunity with your podcast to be featured on some panel, as an example. If you're feeling really jazzed or kind of mark mark. I want you to be like, thanks so much. Let me check in with my business partner. Can I get back to you? Because you need to make sure that you're kind of in your base level emotions. You don't want to make any decisions when you're in your feels. But the questions you should ask yourself with the decisions that show up are, does that feel exciting? Does that feel in alignment? Does that feel uplifting? Then it's a yes. Does that feel overwhelming in kind of a negative way? Does that feel, oh, no, draining? It's a no. Don't go into your head and then be like, well, this is good for our business. We should do it if you were feeling about it. Sacral authority is more of, I call like a physical excitement. Um, Steph, you have sacral. So do I. Do you know what yours is? No, I don't know. Okay, we'll look it up when we're done. Um, I always say it's almost like this physical perk up. 
And you're just like, yeah, yeah, it's, it makes sounds. And so it's like, uh uh-huh, uh-huh. You can tell you're into it. And it's like this physical excitement of just like, hell yes. It's very in the moment. You don't need to sleep on it. It's actually worse if you take too long to make a decision. Um, But I always say, pay attention to like, if you're like, ah, that's a no. No. Like if somebody calls my phone, even if I love them and I'm like, oh man, that's like, I don't have the energy. Right. So hell yes or a not right now is sacral. And it feels physical perk up excitement. Splenic authority is much more of kind of what maybe we imagine as intuition, which is like the chill up the arm, the sudden knowing, the, you know, whatever it is for you guys that have that. It doesn't repeat itself. It's very subtle and in the moment. So we got to get used to noticing what that is. And when I do readings, people tend to be like, oh, yes, I'm not listening to it, but I know exactly what you're talking about. So going with that and those three things, what they have in common is not going up into the mind to really validate or overthink or get into the shoulds type of thing. So within your birth chart or human design, you know, the giving in the data, you can also understand which of those Mm -hmm. intuitive sets you are. And so you're one of those three. Yeah. Well, there's like six, but those are the three main ones. Okay. And that's when you pull your free chart. It will say type, strategy, and authority. So type is like, we can think of it, those five we talked about, think of it as like a sun sign. There's a lot of other people that are Leos, we're Leos. Um, But then strategy is how you should operate. Authority is your decision maker. So those big three, you guys start with those. Totally. Amazing. That's what people forget is like, there's a type and then there's those subsets. Because the type was interesting to know, but I actually found more enlightenment in like finding out that, you know, I was supposed to like listen to this like listen to the actual feeling and a lot of times you know I feel in the middle and that's helped me be like but that's no right so like yes Mm. yeah strategy and authority are probably way more important than types totally right but everyone talks I feel like out in the wild everyone talks about their type but the strategy and authority is really I feel like what gives you the tools to be able to like embrace your flow totally right it gives you literally here's your how-to guide right and it, I want to stress that it, it is not easy. We're usually operating and been operating for years, not that way. So it takes practice. I still remind myself years later, I've known human design for like four years now. And I'm like, oh, I'm forcing something. Let's wait. Stuff like that. Are you a sacral? Yes. Oh my gosh, you guys twins? Yeah, yeah pretty much. Leos, sacrals, <laughs> you're the Mandan. tiny little humans. Yeah. They have Five like one, beautiful waved hair. <laughs> I'm just, I just look like <laughs> we are twinning. For yeah, sure. jealous. Don't be jealous. Damn it. Don't be jealous. <laughs> you and your beautiful hike. Yeah, you screw yourself. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of sources on human design. I often get asked. What are some books you recommend with astrology? And I feel so terrible because I never read books. It just came very intuitively, went down rabbit holes, whatever. Human design is much more, I don't know, it's easy to read about and kind of let it sink in. Totally. So there's a lot of tools out there, you guys. If you find out your type and strategy and authority, go down a rabbit hole. For sure. Read other blogs the way other people describe it might hit you better. Yeah, so fine. Yeah, listen to additional podcasts yeah. with Jenna Zoe or totally. just spending time really For thinking sure. about who am I? Yeah. Mm. I'm so glad we started there because now I want to get like into some of the, I don't want to call it bullshit. I want to zoom into like these micro moments that like are like on trend these days. Like the amount of times people 
talk about like it's mercury in retrograde like i feel like always it's always but i i believe in it but i also don't know if people understand what it is totally so like I feel like we got to go into some of those like micro moments. If you yeah, will. give us a little. I mean, now this is full time astrology here, I believe. But what what do we even mean by mer- Mercury in retrograde, and why does it seem to happen once a month? Why should we care? <laughs> it's four yeah, a month, it's four times a year, so it's quite a lot. Totally, um, it gets a very bad rep. So I'm a big like. I always want a positive spin everything. Totally. And so I even Oh, you recorded, feel bad for Mercury. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, like guys, it. There, it could be such, I love Mercury retrograde because if you know how to utilize it, it's fucking great. But Mercury rules our logical mind, communication, our schedules, our health, our day-to-day, which is very reliant on things going as planned, being efficient, having control. And so when Mercury retrogrades, the planet of logic and communication and schedules kind of gets flipped a little backwards. Think of it in this, like, we have to rely more on intuition. We can't force things. Schedules tend to fall through. We might text the wrong person. Electronics breaks because it rules electronics. It's all these things. But it is a beautiful time to slow down, go inward, reflect any RE words. So I always redo something, re-edit my life, clean out my house. Um, Really cool ideas from the past that you didn't really go towards come back to be perfected. Um, People from your past come back. Careful of the X's. It's kind of like clockwork. Um, But if you know how to operate during that time, it is extremely powerful. It's almost like this moment to reflect and get things like going again. Um, But where it happens for you and your chart will really dictate like how you experience it. So um, we've got Mercury retrograde. The one that just happened a few months ago was in Libra. So the collective theme is Libra, partnerships, equality, balance in our lives. So everybody was getting a little frustrated if there was imbalance in relationships in your life. It was highlighting it. So whether this is romantic, business partnerships, friendships, really noticing the, you know, am I giving more or am I taking more? That's highlighted for everyone. But where it happens in your birth chart is where you're going to have these returns, re-edits happening. So, you know, for me, it was in my 11th house of friendships, networks, community. And so I had really great Mercury retrograde experience. If it's happening in your 10th, 3rd, or 6th, those are kind of work-reliant, logical places. So you might be a little more annoyed. Does that make sense? Yeah, it really does. <laughs> and so somebody could know where that's falling in by having a reading. They don't have to like go figure out that crazy looking chart. My thing that I at nauseum will always put on my social posts, like what degrees things happen so that you can find it in your birth chart so that you can be your own little advocate. And I have like a video of how to find things in your birth chart. So finding like, say your Mercury retrograded in, um, I think yours was in the seventh house. Um, you can then easily Google Mercury retrograde in the seventh house. You don't need me for that. But finding where it hits you is much more individually um, important. I always give people a very big heads up of when the next Mercury retrograde is coming. I have a um, thing that I post every time, the do's and don'ts, the positive experiences, the negative experiences that might show up. Because if a negative one comes up, I just laugh at this point. Like my internet always goes out or something annoying. And I'm just like, ha, instead of letting it fester, because that's a thing during Mercury retrograde, everybody's a little on edge. And so if you are cool, calm and collected, life is easier for you. And so 
My biggest thing that I want to gift people is the knowledge and awareness ahead of time, how to use the energy most efficiently and most positively. And so that when things kind of come up, you are like, okay, this is momentary, like annoyance. Um, but I'll even talk about like intense energy that comes up. Like maybe you don't, if somebody meets you with sass, like you don't fall for it because it's not going to get you anywhere. So I'll post about that stuff too. It's like, this is hot headed energy. Don't pop off. It's very cool to give yourself a moment to have grace mm-hmm. because there there's going to be shit going on, but also enter a time like that with excitement. Because I think so much of the zeitgeist is to be like, oh, be careful. Don't mm-hmm. make decisions. Right. This is the time. Like, do nothing. Hi. Uh, yeah, but right? in reality, if you can look at it and be like, I'm going to review something. I'm going to rewind. I'm going to reinvestigate. I love the re's. Yeah. And really bringing positivity to that, it it changes the way that you approach life. The perspective is everything. The intention is everything. And it's such a beautiful time to reconnect with anything that, you know, has passed you by in the past. So another thing I've seen you talk a ton about um, in terms of reconnecting and intention and intuition is new moons, full moons. Just like how the moon can help you connect better to you. So again, how should people approach outside of just like seeing it everywhere? How should people (laughs) approach those moments, right? Does it happen every month? Yes. There's a new and a full moon every single month. And it's funny because after reading where you get all this information, I want people to like continue their journey of understanding their charts and the energy and how to work with it. And the moon cycles is by far, I think like when I first started with astrology, my Instagram post, I was like trying to put my knowledge out there, high level, and nobody, you can't use that. And the biggest thing that people were interested in was the moon cycles. I was like, in my head at the fr- at the beginning, I was like, oh, that's so basic. <laughs> but now I'm like, oh my God, it's but so it's also straightforward. Because we right. can look at it and see it and be reminded and yes. it's tactical. And now it's my favorite thing. It's a big part of my business now because I even got a reading in Guatemala. They're like, you're supposed to help people with the moon cycles. It's like, shut up. Like a Mayan reading. Duh. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> um, so new and full moons. We have a new moon and a full moon every single month. The new moon is when the sun and moon are in the same sign. The sky is dark. There's a double dose of that sign's energy, which is the collective energy. Where that hits in your chart is where you're going to find the new beginnings. But um, when the sun and moon are in the same sign, I always say this new moon, new beginnings. That's the easy way to remember it. From the new moon cycle to the full moon, the moon is growing. So we want to plant seeds of things that we like to see grow. So initiate new things, launch new things. I even say if you want to keep your hair long, get your hair cut during that cycle because it'll keep growing, things like that. Um, So that's a really good time for manifesting, getting clear. What do I want to come through my life? Um, Intentions and really taking bold choices. From the full moon, when the sun and moon are in opposite signs, there's a tension between them. That's why the full moon's typically intense. It's big in the sky. It's got a gravitational pull on us. Um, And so emotions are heightened, but it's a time of release. So from the full moon to the new moon, the moon is shrinking. And so we want to release things in our life that are no longer good for us. We want to edit things. We want to... um, take a look at our patterns, our limiting beliefs, like anything that's got to go, boundary time. And so it's a two-week process pretty much for both. So from the full moon to the new moon, think about what you want to release so that in that new moon, you can start fresh, new beginnings. 
Isn't that magical? It's magical. And also I just had this thought of how lucky people are when their cycle, like follicular cycle yes. lines up with the moon. Because My period's on the full moon. So like, like that's witch. perfection though, yeah, right? Like you're a witch. 100%. You're like creating, building yeah. and then releasing and you like live yeah. in this. Shedding, your literally, literally your yeah. body yeah. actually lives in the cycle of the moon and the new moon. So mm-hmm. cool. You're a blessed human. Yeah, totally. But it is, to your point, it is, it's so easy. It's so cool. It's two times a month where you can really have self-care and like go inward, get clear and take that moment for yourself. And I think everybody has time twice a month. I think if it was something that happened all the time, we'd be like, eh, I'm for over sure. it. Um, but it's a beautiful time. Once you get skilled enough of finding like, where is this happening for me? You can be like, the full moon is in my sixth house. I need to release a habit around health maybe. If the new moon is in my seventh house, maybe, and you're single, it's time to put yourself out there to date. Right. So there's layers, like everything everything else in astrology. Yes. And people could find a a practice or some sort of ceremony that happens, aligns with that. Even if it's like your meditation in that morning or that night is for 10 minutes aligned with um, bringing in or letting go. Well, in the moon ceremonies that I do, a big thing is pen to paper. So on new moons, you write a list of things that you would like to call into your life, manifest, intentions, whatever you like to call it. Um, and then on full moons, you write a list of things that you would like to release, followed by a list of things that you would like to call in because we always follow it up with a good. You burn them under the moonlight, which you like if you can. Um, so taking that moment to really write and think and then release your list. Don't ruminate over it and be like, oh, is this going to come through? Um, but you just got to trust that you put pen to paper and then leave it up to the universe or God and don't overthink it. It's kind of this way of releasing that from your body. Your intentions are out there and, uh, prepare and be aware is everything. Right. That's the biggest feedback I get. They're like, oh, the moon events have helped me so much. Just be like aware of the energy and trusting it and using the moon rules in, in astrology, our intuition, our emotions. And so the moon in your birth chart is my favorite thing for people to know besides North Node. That's my favorite thing in astrology. I was going to say, you totally lied because you're like, North Node, North Node. North Node's my favorite. But for everybody that's just pulling up their chart for the first time, say your moon sign, what house it falls into, what sign it is in is everything. That's who you are to your core. And if you're ever feeling stressed, anxious, sad, I always say, look to your moon. That's where you want to like spend some energy. It shows what you need to feel emotionally like more woosa, all of that. So the moon cycles are a great way for you to tap into that intuition. Be aware of your moon. What do you need? Because it kind of goes back to human design with like the moon is our emotions. That's where we should really be feeding, like and gifting ourselves the thing that our moon craves. Um, and that's going to put us more in alignment with our more authentic self. Same with human design. You trust that sacral or emotional or splenic over the mind. I see 111 and 1111 a lot, right? And I always giggle because I actually, and I won't share it because it's really weird, but I'll I'll like say something out loud and I don't don't pray, like, you know, teach their own, but like I always like almost make a wish on it. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, did I make this up? I have no idea. And like what, I see a lot of people post about like seeing um, consecutive numbers and signs. What, where does that come from? Is that part of this world or am I talking about something that's wildly different? No, no, it's all connected. It's all based on you know, intuition and intention over logic, right? But repeating numbers 
is a little different than numerology. Numerology is very like, I'm obsessed with numerology. There's a through line between all of these things, tarot, astrology, human design, numerology. But the angel numbers is kind of what you're describing, which is seeing the repeating patterns. And I always say it is most important to really, if you see these numbers, what were you just thinking about? It means you're on the right track, typically, um, or you were being supported, plain and simple. So like you said, if you see a repeating number, you say something. If I see a repeating number, I usually get a chill if I was thinking about something, like think for your business. I'm like, ooh, that was a good idea, validated. Um, Or if you're just being lazy turd and you see the repeating numbers, you're like, okay, I wasn't thinking of anything magical right now, but it is a sign that your loved ones and guides are giving you a little love. That's so, and I think people often see numbers that are aligned with loved ones or yes, past people sure. th- that are demonstration that they're with them or yeah. that they're being supported. It so that makes so much sense. They got your back. You're on the right track, or you're being loved and supported. It's funny because when I first, now that I I say a prayer, but um, I used to just say thank you mm-hmm. when I saw it, that's and I, I but, like that's what I was called to do, mm-hmm. right? And I'm just like thank. Which probably encourages it to happen more often, For which sure. encourages you to trust it, which totally. encourages you to trust your gut. Yeah, totally. And it all comes back to you guys. Like, don't logically talk it away because the more you notice things like that and the more you like give gratitude for it or you trust these intuitive pulls, pings, sacral gut instincts, you know, numbers, signs, symbols, the more they will show up for you, like you just said. And it will get stronger. You'll learn to trust your intuition more rather than talk it away. So the best way to do is practice and work with it. It is so a practice. I love yeah. it. And learning and being in this place of just like wanting to have more information. It's all so that we just trust ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, it has been a true treat sitting with you two little muffins. <laughs> I can pick you both up and put you in the We're going to do a group hug after. We're going to do a group hug, but you are just such a gift. And uh, we always like to share how people can find you utilizing your online resources or in person. So give us the scoop. Yeah. So themodernastrologer.com. I also have a online community called Astro Curious for people that want to step it up a notch and includes my virtual new and full moon events. And it's less than the price of those. Um, And those are really affordable, by the way. I want to be able to reach as many people possible with the moon events, whereas I can only do so many readings a month. Those are the best way to really get to know all the brevity of your chart. And so I have um, readings on my website and on my Instagram, you can book with me. But how to stay in this world is through the moon events. I also am you know, starting to do live events for like the eclipse coming up. Um, But other than that, I will always gift people the knowledge on my Instagram of where things are happening in the sky so that you can find it for yourself and kind of trust the energy or know when to like hide out or go for it. All of that. You are a modern astrologer. Yes. Okay. You're the best. And for people, I, I think it says it on the site, but you launch your new dates for the readings like once a month. Is that what it yes, is? Every third Monday. Cool. So, so. Like, just don't get frustrated because it looks like what you are, like you are booked for life, but people should know that they get released. So that's great to know. Yes. Thank you for being you. And we can't wait to dig into this more. We're going to, we're going to have you back. Okay. Oh, well, thanks. If was, you're willing. It's been amazing. Yes. <laughs> I'll come anytime. <laughs> amazing and like magical amazingness. All right. We appreciate you, friend. Thank you. Thank you. Friends. This has been fun. Thanks for spending some quality time with us. If you need more of us in your life, 
We totally get it. Follow us on Instagram at wellbehavedpodcast. Also, we aren't selfish. Tell us what you need and want to learn more about by sending us a note at wellbehavedpodcast at gmail.com or slide into our DMs. We prefer that anyway. Until next time, stay well and somewhat behaved.